0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Jill, and this is Vet Candy. I'm super excited to be your guest host again. Uh, Vet Candy's host, Meryl Simpson is a senior veterinary student at Colorado State right now, and she's out interviewing for a post-grad job. So we've all been there. Let's all send her some positive thoughts. I am really excited for you to meet our guest today, Dr. Ginger White. She's the director of shelter medicine at the Santa Barbara County Animal Services. She's also a new mommy to baby Gia, who's almost one month old, and Ian, who will be three in September. So welcome to the show, Dr. Ginger.
1: Hello, thank you for having me.
0: So, I was looking some information up about you, and I saw that you're a UC Davis grad. Yes. And one thing that shocked me was, is that you were saying that you met your husband, and you dated him for 10 years before you got married, and I started doing my calculations on my fingers, and I realized you guys dated through vet school. Yes, we did. (laughs) Yep. Okay, my first question of the day is, how did your relationship survive vet school?
1: It actually wasn't too bad for us. I met him right around the time when I found out that I was accepted to vet school. He actually, his dog, unfortunately, got ran over and was brought into the clinic I was working at, and the dog had minor injuries, so he had a full recovery, but that's how I met him initially, and then we started dating after that, so I moved up to Davis just a few months after we started dating, so the first year was long distance, which was hard, but we really hit it off. So he ended up moving up there and it wasn't really too hard for us because we just got along so well. We we lived together in the same apartment and he was really supportive and he knew because I explained to him how crazy my life was going to be, how busy I'd be. So he didn't have expectations that I'd have a lot of free time. So it was pretty good actually for us. The internship year after that, that was hard.
0: Well, you know, it sounds like it should be a movie starring Kate Hudson, right? And she's uh the you know, this vet student who's in a clinic and she meets her love interest who brings in his dog. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just me. <laughs> That's very interesting. So what kind of, what does he do?
1: He does a variety of things. He's he's sort of like an, an artist in a way, but he does kitchen cabinets and countertops and like concrete countertops and he kind of designs and then builds the kitchens and bathrooms for new houses and remodels. He's pretty creative in that regard. So like, I would say he's like a designer builder.
0: So, he's like a left brain, right brain relationship. Yes. Sure. So, if an actor was going to play his part in your Kate Hudson, who is your husband?
1: um I think,
0: hmm,
1: I would say Matthew
0: McConaughey. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't want to, adju- that's exactly who I was thinking of. I could yeah. just see that. I mean, we need to write a script and get this out to Hollywood right away. That would be so, great. <laughs> yeah. So then you started out, you said, you did you do a residency first or you went in straight into general practice?
1: I did an, a one-year internship first. Okay. I considered doing a residency, but at that point, I was really ready to have some more time in my life. It was hard working that hard and not making any money yet. So I just I didn't do the,
0: the residency part. So why did you get interested in shelter medicine coming from good general practice?
1: I actually always wanted to do it even before I went to vet school. I used to volunteer at the shelters and I felt a strong kind of tie to that part of the animal community. But after when I first started working in general practice and I started looking for shelter jobs, most of the jobs required at least five years of experience and the ability to do, you know, 20 to 40 spay neuters in a day. And I, I didn't have that kind of experience. So I figured I would do some general practice first and then try and get my foot in the door a few years later, which is what I did. And
0: and I think you worked at a spay neuter clinic too, right? Well, when I was still in general practice, I started
1: picking up some spay neuter shifts at the Mm -hmm. shelter. The shelter I currently work at, and they were very supportive. You know, I told them right off the bat, I'm not the fastest surgeon, and they said that's fine because we need the help and we just want someone who cares about the animals. So that's how
0: I was able to to get into it. So, how many neuters could you do in a day? What's your record? Oh gosh, (laughs) I don't know.
1: Record be for it depends on if it's you know dogs or cats. 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 How many cat neuters could you do? I could probably, oh, cat neuters, man, a yeah. hundred, <laughs> a lot. Yeah. It's the dog phase that slow me down still.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. So now you're the director of shelter medicine, right? Yes. Okay. So do you oversee a staff of veterinarians?
1: Yes. I oversee the veterinarians and the technicians and the assistants. Um, and I also oversee the medicine for, it's three separate shelters in our county writing the protocols, educating the staff, making sure everything is up to date with current practices and best practices, you know, in shelter medicine and medicine beyond. So a lot of it is more administrative. I do still do a little bit of surgery and I do a lot of exams and medical treatment, but there's a lot of meetings and and writing and, and overseeing like the controlled drugs and some things that are not mm-hmm. so fun, but but I like it.
0: So I was reading an article the other day that they were saying that there's a shortage of shelter vets. Is that true?
1: I actually just read an article that was specifically describing that problem in a portion of Florida. Um, I would say that it is true because this is my second maternity leave. And with both of them, it's been very difficult to find relief vets that want to come in and do shelter medicine. You know, even in my area in California where there's you know, quite a few veterinarians around. So I would think that's probably a widespread problem. But I think sh- I think veterinarians are getting more interested in it now. I think it's kind of less scary than it used to be. People used to think it's really sad and you just deal with a lot of euthanasia, but that's not necessarily the case, you know, depending on what shelter you're at. You have the opportunity to do a lot of good. So I think it's coming around, but there's there probably is still quite a shortage.
0: So let's talk more about fun stuff. Let's talk about babies. So I was, you know, again, I'm pulling out my hands to do calculations here. Um, so it looks like Ian was like only a year old when you found out about your new pregnancy. Yeah, I
1: think he was about a year and a half. About okay. 17 months. Yeah.
0: So you're going to have two in diapers then, right?
1: Yes. Yes. We have okay. a lot of diapers. <laughs>
0: So does Ian know, I mean, did he know when you were pregnant, did you talk to him about the baby?
1: Yes, I talked to him a lot about it because he could see my belly growing and he was curious about that. So we talked about that there was baby sister in there. We read lots of books and and he was really curious about it. He, as my belly got bigger, though, he would look at it and then he would look down at his own belly and say, is there a baby in there? (laughs) And he still sometimes asks me if he has a baby in his belly. It's really But I think talking to him about it was really good to help prepare him for all the changes because he's he really is a mama's boy, and I didn't want him to feel you know more stressed than the inevitable. But but yeah, we talked about it a lot.
0: Well, how did you balance your time with Ian, the pregnancy, your husband, and work, and and just life?
1: That was it. Was pretty difficult. Things with work, you know. Luckily, I was able to pull back a little bit because it wasn't as busy. At the shelter, as it was with my first pregnancy, things had kind of calmed down a bit and I had a more support staff than I had the last time. So I was able to delegate a lot of things at work and not work more than I felt comfortable, you know, because get I get really fatigued during the pregnancies. So I did pull back at work. My husband's really supportive and helpful with with our son, Ian, but it was it was exhausting to tell you the truth. I was pretty tired. It was very different than being pregnant without a toddler. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> so what advice did your OB give you about you working in a veterinary clinic? Did they give you any special advice for things to be worried about?
1: He didn't really. He is kind of an old school type of OB. He's wonderful though. He's like an old family friend and he's He's really great, and I asked him, you know, specifically, and he said there's really nothing that he was worried about. I asked him about isofluorine and he said he wasn't that concerned. He said just don't put the mask on yourself. <laughs> so he didn't think it was a big issue, and, it, and I wasn't doing a lot of surgery at the time. And he just said, you know, use common sense and wash your hands. And he didn't have any very specific guidelines other than he didn't want me working more than eight hours in a day or lifting anything extremely heavy, like big heavy dogs off of tables, but really it was more just not working extremely long days and not getting overtired, but nothing really specific to the veterinary work
0: that he told me. So how did your teammates come together and help you through the pregnancy?
1: they were always helpful with you know taking on more of the the surgery or the exams if needed you know sometimes if there was a lot of treatments and exams you know some of the other vets would be able to see those patients the day prior just so that there wouldn't be like a heavy workload the RVTs that i work with are always really helpful and if there's anything they could help with you know they would do it for me just depending on what the tasks were but and they threw me a really nice baby shower with lots of food.
0: Oh, that's good. <laughs> they that's snacks good.
1: Snacks around and feed me. So that was very helpful too.
0: Did you have any unusual pregnancy cravings that you had at work? Well, this one I just I really wanted sugar all the time. So yeah. I wanted
1: <laughs> cupcakes and candy and things like that, which is not so healthy. But sometimes we would go out to lunch together and I would I would just have to get that piece of pie or whatever dessert they had.
0: So right now you're on maternity leave, right? hmm Yes. So when are you going back to work?
1: I'm planning to go back on a part-time basis, probably towards the end of May
0: or maybe in June. Okay. A few days a week. Okay. Are you breastfeeding? Yes. Yes, we are. So what's your biggest challenge with breastfeeding?
1: The biggest challenge will be when I do go back to work, uh, making sure that the baby will take the bottle. I had some struggles with that with my son. And then it's not so much, you know, finding the time to pump at work because my work they let me pump whenever I need to, but it's lugging all that equipment around and got to bring, there's so much you have to kind of bring around with you. And since I go to three different shelters, it's, I feel like every morning I'm, I've got four or five bags of things to bring, and then you've got to bring it home and wash it all and get it in the freezer. So it's more just transporting all that equipment. But but yeah, with my son, luckily I had a, I found a wonderful nanny that he, he did well with the bottle from her because he wouldn't take a bottle even from my husband. So oh. Yeah, it's when I'm around it's we have no trouble with it but it's it's that leaving them part it's really hard and they're just used to mama.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So you're going to try it, you're going to go back part-time and then go back into full-time?
1: I'm actually not sure when I will go full-time because I I really want to spend as much time with them when they're little that I can. Mhm think that maybe when they're in school and they're older, I might feel differently. But right now, I I don't want to miss out on too much. But I also don't want to be completely stay at home. So I think I'm going to find a balance there. I'm thinking maybe three days a week. We'll see what it looks like. But full time, I I don't think I'm going to want to do that anytime soon.
0: Because there's the mom guilt, right?
1: Right. Yeah. It was really hard to leave my son when he was an infant. It was way harder on me, I think, than him. But I know I'll feel that way again.
0: Oh yeah definitely. So what's the best thing about being a mom? Oh
1: the best thing is just I think seeing them grow and develop and and change and then just grow into these little people with unique personalities and just it's really amazing to see that and and to just spend that time with them and have such a close bond. It's difficult to put into words, I think, but it's just this feeling that you have, kind of when you look at your children and you're snuggling them, and it just you feel like a wholeness that you you never knew you were lacking.
0: If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, what's your advice to a veterinarian who is thinking about having children, or you know, thinking about getting pregnant? What would be your advice to her?
1: I would say make sure that you do some planning ahead. So. You want to talk to your employer about it because I think it's better to just be honest and, and straightforward with them so they know to expect it. Because I think that line of communication could be really helpful because then when you do need your maternity leave, it's going to go a lot smoother. And I would also say to make sure you look into disability insurance and, you know, what type of benefits you're going to be offered. I didn't know to look into that prior to my first, so that after you're pregnant, then you can't get those type of disability insurance if you need to apply for it. So I think planning everything out that way. But I would also say, you know, if you want to have children, don't wait until the perfect time, just make it happen because the years go by. And I know I was putting it on hold for a long time because I felt like I was so busy with work and I didn't have the time. And I finally just did it and thought, why did I wait so long? So I think a lot of vets get caught up in that. And I think you need to put yourself and your family first and just do it.
0: (laughs) That's great. And that's, that's exactly true. And I think the other thing too, is once, once you become a mom, you realize why your mother was the way she was. That's one thing I realized. It all made sense. right? For sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it all of a sudden you have this clear thought of why your mother was the way she was. So hopefully my mom's listening to this and (laughs) she'll know that actually now I understand why she was like the way she was. (laughs) (laughs) So we'd like to end the show with something fun. So our question for you today, it's um, something fun. We like to ask everybody something to to, um, just get a crazy idea more of how you are. Your question is, what favorite color do you have? And why is that color? What does that color make you feel?
1: Favorite color? Oh, my favorite color is pink. It always has been. I love everything pink, everything. (laughs) And to the point where my poor husband, like he can barely stand it. So he has to take it down a notch. But I think pink just makes me feel happy. It's just fun. And it's like, it just makes me feel good. Like I, whenever I get a pedicure, it's pink. If it comes in the pink color, then that's that's what it's going to be. Just always kind of gravitated towards it. And I think it's just a happy, fun
0: color. I love it. And I think I see Gia's picture in a lot of pink clothes lately yeah. <laughs> on Facebook.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I think my husband, when we found out we were having a girl, he knew it was just going to be <laughs> like a pink overload. But actually, <laughs> Gia and Ian, they share a bedroom. So it's not all that pink. His... His theme is turquoise and sharks. And so we've got turquoise and mermaids with a little bit of pink mixed in for her.
0: Oh, nice. That's a good way. Good way to bring it in and be very inclusive. (laughs) Well, thank you, Dr. Ginger, for being on our show today and to tell us more about your, your life as a mom of two and how it is to work in a shelter. Thank you for listening to Vet Candy and our guest, Dr. Ginger White, the Director of Shelter Medicine in Santa Barbara. Please visit our website at myvetcandy.com. Vet Candy is an inclusive hub focused on making vet life easy. We deliver scientific news, clinical updates, and lifestyle advice. You can follow us on social media at MyVetCandy.com. Thank you. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.